All right, hey everyone, welcome to another devotion uh, that we are doing um, with Patrick and Jamie. And right now we're actually in the same room, yeah. very distanced from yeah. each other. They'll see, we'll see. You might be able yeah. to see on one of our other camera angles, there's multiple camera <laughs> angles. That's right. <laughs> yes, and that is what we're doing today. So uh, we're in kind of a, a new way of doing our devotion, uh, our devotional material yeah. with each other. Pat, what uh, what are we talking about today? I gotta I gotta well, fire up the old yeah. uh, the old church software <laughs> to get yeah. the Bible stuff going. You might hear that make some noise. Yeah. So today we are uh, on. It's a Wednesday, so we're All studying right. the minor prophets here. And to today's minor prophet that we're gonna study is Micah. Oh, right. Whenever I hear of the book Micah, there's always one. A uh, specific passage that comes to mind. It's Micah six eight. There's a song mm, about it. True, and it's like an old school song where you sing it and like it's a rotation kind of a thing. Oh, all right. You want to you yeah. want to sing it? <laughs> no, maybe at the end or something. Uh, but I think we're gonna we're gonna read the the passage that that little verse is in. So open up to Micah chapter six. Micah six. Yeah, we're gonna read verses one through eight. Okay. It's called the Lord's case against Israel. Oof. So, all right. Yeah. So it's a little different. We should, uh, have some good conversations about it though. So Jamie, you want me to be the reader today? Let's see there. Gladly. Uh, yeah, there's some big words in there. Some names. I know that you do better with the names. So I just fake it better. Really? <laughs> I mean, unless we're like, you know, actually speaking, Hebrew, uh, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of, we're, we're just all making it up. Right. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, you got it. Here we go. This is Micah chapter six. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead my case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear your mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord? and bow down before the exalted God. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O oh mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And it's literally the word directly from the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Verse one, so, listen to what the Lord says. That's right. It so, is literally the word from the Lord. And, yeah. uh, and that's always kind of fun in scripture. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, <laughs> this is like a specific thing. And it's to a specific people at a specific time. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it starts off, stand up, plead my case before the mountains. Let the hill, hills hear what you have to Oh my gosh. Hear what you have to say. Uh, so 
what's go what's going on? You you're good at the context. Get put us into the right frame of mind here before we continue on. Yeah, I mean, we're in the book of Micah. Uh, Micah is again what they call a minor prophet. Um, and all of the minor prophets seem to kind of be in, um, uh, well, actually, you know what? We'll go to Wikipedia, a good source. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it says here, according to Wikipedia, which isn't always that bad, actually. And some of the, some of the religious stuff, this is a little side note, but if you look on Wikipedia, some of the religious stuff on Wikipedia, especially when it comes to the Bible and biblical studies is actually pretty right on because there's a lot of people that check up on it and they're like, that's wrong. Change it. That's yeah. right. Change. So like when I've checked Wikipedia and then looked at that against some of the other literature that's out there wikipedia does a pretty decent job (laughs) okay like you never know things could change yeah uh but here it says you know micah is reproaching unjust leaders he's defending the rights of the poor against the rich the powerful while looking forward to uh to a world peace centered on zion under the leadership of a new monarch so the idea being here that there's a hope that there would be a new king um, David was like the best king they ever had. David yeah. was who brought everyone back together. And so the people of Israel now are looking for that again yeah. during this time. This is after David's time, but they're looking towards having um, a kingdom like that, okay. which is kind of cool. So anyway, yeah. that's like basically the idea of it. Um, roughly, it says we're thinking it maybe be 750 to 700 BC, somewhere in that um, realm. And it's kind of in the face of a lot of these strong powers that are around them that have, that have taken them away. Um, so there's a lot going on in this book. Uh, but whenever we hear or see judgment that seems to happen in, um, the minor prophets, a lot of that is always relating to exile. It's to God's people being let off somewhere else. Um, or to God's people losing their kingdom, losing their nation that they hold so closely as a part of their identity. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of where we're at. And uh, and Micah is the uh, is the guy. Micah is the one who's ready to to speak as uh, a voice, peace for God. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of like what a prophet is, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, you know, moving right along. Stand up, plead my case before the mountains, let the hills hear what I have to say. Hear, you mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. Now, imagine being on the receiving end of of that kind of note from God. Yeah, you've been served. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Pretty intense, Uh, I don't know how I would feel about about that, I guess. Uh, It's kind of like, you know, if God has a complaint against you, you know, you you can't, how do you argue against that? Right. Yeah. You kind of can't. Right. Uh, And it's like once, you know, once God files a complaint, it's like the trial might as well be over. Yeah. Because it's God. I don't know. (laughs) But this is how Micah is setting this up. And I think he's setting it up not to say like there's a way to justify himself or to justify Israel or not that God needs to be justified. God can do what God wants. But I think more of uh, as a way of poetically explaining it to the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. So the people of Israel have a way to to look at this and to say, um, well, wait a minute, like 
shouldn't we be able, you know, they're in their own heads thinking like, but wait a minute, like we should have a case. Like God should have a case against us. Like yeah. we should have a case against God. And Mike is going to go in and say like, well, here's, here's what God's done for you. Yeah. And here's what you've done in return. Yeah. And I think Micah starts to get into that in verse three, my people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. Hmm. Uh, and people say this to God, right? Yeah. And I yeah. think it's a valid thing to say like, God, where were you? Or God, where are you? Or God, why don't I have the newest um, electric bike? Yeah. And I, and I have a standard bike yeah. and, and I can't keep up with my friends. So actually side note, I was walking by a group of uh, teenage people at the grocery store next to my house. <laughs> and there's like guys and girls and, and they're all about the same age. They're all hanging out together and they're buying like, you know, iced teas at the grocery store and eating bags of chips, like classic hanging out behavior, which I kind of like, cause it means they're not sitting in front of a screen watching some Devo or something. Yeah. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're not, they're, they're yeah. not sitting in front of a screen. They're actually out about, but they had like two of these super great electric bikes. Okay. And then they had a really nice electric scooter. Oh yeah. And then there was a normal bike oh, next to them. Yeah. Okay. And so I walked by and I'm like, Hey, which one's the best? And they kind of laughed and like the scooter's the best. Oh. And that was the kid who owned the scooter. And then everyone laughed. They thought it was funny. And then I looked at him and I'm like, um, who has to ride the real bike? <laughs> and they all started laughing and they pointed at this guy who was like walking into the grocery store to get his stuff. Cause they had gotten there way earlier. Yeah. And the poor <laughs> right. guy's like, you know, super tired and trying to like get Gatorade <laughs> to replenish himself. Cause he just pedaled up a hill yeah. and everyone else just hit the throttles on their bikes and cruised up the hill. But I think when we start to compare ourselves to what other people have or what other people get, we start to think that somehow God is involved in that, right? Yeah. And somehow God has given us less or that we don't have what we need. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we start to compare, I think, I think we do this today. I think we say these things to God, right? Like, you know, Micah is saying here, or God is saying through Micah, how have I burdened you? But in our own hearts, we're actually like, God, you've burdened me by not giving me uh, the things that I want or by giving other people more than what I, than, you know, than I have. Therefore yeah. that's a burden. Yeah. And God's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. You have a bike. When I was a kid, I had a unicycle or I don't know, whatever the, <laughs> whatever the next worst thing would be. Pogo stick. Yeah. I had a pogo stick that was broken. Um, <laughs> Verse four, I brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you and also Aaron and Miriam. By the way, shout out to the ladies, right? Yeah. Yeah. God is giving a shout out to the ladies. People always talk about how great Moses is, uh, how powerful he is. And he's like, hey, wait, I gave you Miriam too. Yeah. Don't forget. Like yeah. Miriam's a part of this, a part of this party. She Big. was also a helper, uh, as was Aaron. So I just wanted to, just wanted to make note, right? Yeah. And, uh, God continues on saying in verse five, my people remember what Balak king of Moab plotted and what Balm son of Beor answered. Remember your journey from, uh, Shittim to Gilead. Don't say a bad word <laughs> that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. Yes. So it's like a, a reminder, you know, God is, doing what they asked basically. And, uh, God is saying like, okay, I did all these great things. It's like how you have burdened me. 
Yeah. And God's like, I've saved you multiple times <laughs> yeah. as a people group. Yeah. Now, it wasn't to these specific people exactly, but it was definitely to their ancestors. Yeah, of course. So it'd be like, oh, yeah, my great, 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 whoever, uh, God saved them. Um, so there's a connection to it. It's not like those random people a long time ago. It was actually their ancestors. But still, it wasn't to them. And so I... I kind of feel for the people of Israel because they're like, well, yeah, God, you did that for them. But what about us now? Like what, what's going on now? And I think as this verse continues, God kind of gets a little bit into that. Like, what do I do now? Yeah. Verse six, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exiled God? Shall I come before exalted him with God, exalted God? Yeah. Thanks. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings with calves a year old, like little baby cows? Yes, I, I didn't really want to jump into the whole animal sacrifice, and it's worse because it's baby animal sacrifice. Right. Uh, I small story. I went to a dairy farm oh. a while ago, and like, I brought my kids. Okay. And it was supposed to be this like really fun time where we're all like, look at the little happy cows, and there's like little baby cows and little <laughs> pins, and and. Um, Max got to go like feed a baby cow and he he thought baby cows were the cutest best things in the world and then he found out that all these baby cows were girls cuz it was a dairy farm mm-hmm. right yeah uh and so he he asked the lady who owned the farm like where are all the boys and she was like well uh they go somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere else, I'm assuming, right, uh, on a dairy farm, somewhere else means they go off to be used for meat, you know, raised for meat, or maybe even, you know, there is such a thing as veal, which is baby cow. Yeah. (laughs) But back in this day, what people were supposed to do uh, for the Lord is they were supposed to sacrifice the best of what they had. Not all of what they had, but the best. So, like, if you had a calf, like a yearling, that was like the best, no blemishes, no spots. That was the best. You're supposed to give that to the Lord, which meant you take it to the tabernacle or to the temple, and uh, and you would give it to the the people there who would who would slaughter these animals. And they won't waste the meat, but there was some burning and things that would happen. And it was supposed to go to God because God apparently likes the smell of meat. I like the smell of meat. <laughs> I know like you bar- like the like smell of meat, yeah. like a barbecue, right? You yeah. have a barbecue for the Lord. Yeah, it sounds like fun. I'm behind behind that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of what they're talking about here. They're saying like, what should I do? Should I bring these burnt offerings uh, with calves a year old? Because that's kind of something that's demanded in my Bible. There's even a little footnote that um, pushes us or points us to Psalm 40, which talks about the sacrifices that that God wants. Um, but you know, there's even uh, other sacrifices like verse seven, right? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? <laughs> yeah, thousands. With 10,000 rivers of olive oil. That, that's that's a lot of olive oil. I know. I mean, in the price of that, of olive oil, you buy a little thing of it, they want like 10 bucks for that stuff. If it's like the high-end stuff, even yeah. more, you could spend like 30 bucks for a little thing of olive oil. Yeah, I know. I can't imagine what 10,000 rivers of olive oil would cost you. <laughs> Millions and uh, billions. Yeah. So God does accept vegetable gifts in the form of olive oil people would give olive oil i think he likes a good like meat fry really with the oil yeah with the I oil mean, you just pour that <laughs> olive oil yeah, all over deep, the deep fry yeah. okay all right i could see that being a thing 
Um, but yeah, so the idea is you bring the best to God. So you bring the best olive oil, you bring the best. And and then right now they're like, well, what about verse seven? It's like, what about the most? Yeah. Can I give the most, not just the best, but the most. Yeah. And then it gets a little personal. Right. Yeah. Right. Shall I offer my firstborn <laughs> for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? That's a great line. Yeah. If you ever want to sound epic, like in a, uh, in, in like a movie and you want to like quote scripture, <laughs> Say that. Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgressions? You got to lean into your mic. The fruit of my body for the sin <laughs> right. of my soul. Right? Like that's like an epic sounding line. But yeah. <laughs> there is some biblical connection to this. So people actually, back in the day, the people of Israel were supposed to buy back their firstborn son. This begins uh, really with kind of the thought of Isaac sacrificing his son uh-huh. or a or being agreeable to sacrifice his son, which is a scary thing, to give his son to the Lord. And so the tradition then after that would be that you would buy back your son. Oh. Because um, fir- you're supposed to give God the best of what you had, the first of what you had. And so the firstborn son was was supposed to be that. So they're getting into this like scary thing. And that's probably why like the Passover, right? The Passover took the firstborn son from every household. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so the idea is you, with the blood of the lamb, you were buying back that firstborn son. You're, you're going to be passed over, uh, because of the sacrifice that you made. And so people would offer offerings for their firstborn children. Um, some people, I, I think, and I don't know this in, in particular, but sometimes a firstborn son in scripture, we have examples of being given into service of the Lord. So not like sacrificing children. That's not what we're talking about. It's like giving your kid into the service of the Lord. Like they're going to be a priest now, um, which is kind of a cool idea. Um, But I do like this line. Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? (laughs) So epic. Um, But that's kind of it, right? What better would you have, right? You could give your own life, but to a parent, I'm a parent. I would gladly give my own life for the life of my kid. No yeah. question. Right. No question. Yeah. Um, and I think when we look at God, we got to think about that too, right? Uh, that God would gladly give God's life for for God's children. Yeah. Which is us. Yeah, which, which God's like children. it happened, yeah. And it happened, right? God <laughs> gave himself for us. Yeah. Um, and again, this is before Micah or after Micah's time. Micah didn't know about that. But this, in a lot of ways, is pointing towards that, towards that big event of Christ dying for his people. Yeah. Um, cool. And verse eight, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. <sighs> Sounds way better than yeah. giving my firstborn son. Sounds way better than trying to give a, a thousand rivers of oil. Yes. <laughs> Sounds easier than giving a thousand rivers of oil yeah uh here's here's the deal though with this that gets pretty pretty rough or pretty hard is that all of these things that are happening that are in here um are like things you got to do every day right yeah so it's not to just one time like oh i acted justly once i'm good (laughs) or i loved mercy once so i'm good or i walked a little bit in humility and now i kind of just do my own thing so i'm good it's this like perpetual life thing of doing all of these things right. to, to, to live out justice, to live out mercy and to live in humility. And even, even that in mind, I would rather do that than 
prepare a thousand rams or, uh, you know, sacrifice a calf every day. Yeah. It's a lot easier. I mean, well, maybe, maybe easier, but I'd rather do that. I'd, wa- I'd rather act justly and walk humbly. And here's what's great about this too is, you know, giving up your, your firstborn or, you know, rivers of olive oil and giving it to God. Like, okay, that's something. But when you act justly, when you love mercy, when you walk humbly, that helps other people, right? Right. That helps the world. That helps God's children. That is something that is, you're not just giving it to God, you're giving it to God. And then it's a gift for other people. Yeah. And so it's a productive thing. Generations to come. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it'd be really easy to give, you know, some people and you know, this is like the history of the church love to put a number on, um, how much does it cost to be saved? Yeah. Right. (laughs) How big of a check do I have to write in order to get salvation? (laughs) And my answer is like, just keep adding zeros and I'll tell you when to stop. No. Um, (laughs) Make sure like you, there's a check that goes to me too. No. Yeah, that's right. One for the Lord, one for me, one for the Lord. Um, but the answer to that is there's no such thing, right? You can't write a check big enough that's going to guarantee you salvation. Because right. what does God want? He wants everything you have. Yeah. Um, and here the question is, what does God want? Well, he wants this behavior out of you. Right. He wants your heart. Yeah. Um, and so in order to truly act justly, to truly love mercy, uh, and to truly walk humbly, those things, there needs to be an inside change in you to do those, right? Yeah. That's not something you can just say like, okay, you know, I check those off the boxes. It's like, <laughs> that's something that comes from the core of who you are. To love mercy, like you can't force yourself to love something. Right. Like you have to have an internal change. Yeah. So God is saying like in this, he's like, you know, you guys can do your religious festivals. You can do your acts that you think are the right thing to do. You can do your religious services, but unless you have this heart change that results in this justice, this mercy, and this humility, you don't, you don't have it. That's not what God's looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Hope you learned something from today's Devo about calves or anything else. Walking, acting justly, walking humbly, loving mercy. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. And next uh, next week we're gonna ask Pat what it would be like to surf a river of of, uh, of olive oil. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You got olive oil up your board. Oh, grease it that's up. like that's gonna work. Yeah, that'll work <laughs> that great. Work. It'll be it'll I'll be. I'll do epic. it on the bottom and make me go faster. There you go. All Perfect. Right. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.